last Sunday morning, Brother Sanford mentioned, and I would like to expand today on the life of Joseph. And I will use this all-important character's life to preach uh, six different sermons this summer of 2023. I felt the Lord direct me in this way for the summer of 2023. And I will tell you, there exists no character in Scripture, from my opinion, who possessed the pendulum swing of difficulty and blessing like Joseph. His life is one of the most unique lives you will ever study in the Bible. He was favored. Everybody say he was favored. And then he was hated. He was cast away. And then he was sold into slavery. He was favored again. And then he was lied upon. He was favored a third time. And then he was forgotten. And from a place of being forgotten, he was then elevated to a place of importance. And it is from this man's journey that I want to take my text and my subject matter for the next several times that I will preach in this church. There's about five or six chapters where I will key us in on and give us what I believe the Lord would say unto us this summer. Would you pray with me right now? Would you ask God? Here's what I want you to pray. I want you to ask God that he would start something today through the word of the Lord that would minister to this church this entire summer of 2023. How many of you believe God's got a word for today, but a continuing word as well? Would you pray with me right now? Would you lift up your voice? Jesus, we're hungry, God, to hear your word today. I want to do my very best, God, to represent your word correctly today. I pray an anointing of a preacher upon my lips, Lord. I can do nothing of my own volition, Lord. It must bring your anointing, God, to accomplish anything eternal. And I pray in the next few moments, Lord, that you would open up the windows of heaven and you would let knowledge and understanding and grace and mercy and clarity and direction come through the word of the Lord today. I'm asking, Lord, along with this church family and those that are worshiping online today, that you will not only do something today, but you will start something today. Start something today in this season of this year, Lord, that will help our church and will mobilize our church and will answer some questions and will direct us in the name of the Lord. For that, I'm going to thank you and give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Just lean over to someone and say, I hope you're listening because God's going to be speaking. Thank you, Courtney. Amen. It is from the life of Joseph that we observe moments which demand a response. Our former president, George W. Bush, when he was writing his memoirs, decided to name his memoirs simply decision points. A decision point is a moment when a significant choice presents itself. And the decision made will result in a significant change of course that cannot be done, undone rather, easily. A decision point. Proverbially, it is a 
line that is drawn in the sand, a stake that is put in the ground. And in the life of this unique character named Joseph were several decision points where he had to decide some things. How many have lived long enough to know that not every day perhaps has a decision point, but there are times that we must decide. There are some times in our life when we have to square our shoulders back and make a decision. And Joseph's life was one of those. He had to decide, what am I going to do when I'm rejected? How do I act in a strange land? How do I respond when I am lied upon? How do I respond when I am forgotten? How do I accept the blessings of the Lord? And finally, how do I forgive? At certain junctures in life, we will not get a pass. Inaction is a decision. I'm going to say that one more time. And don't worry, I'm not expecting you to jump over chairs and run aisles today. I want you to hear what the Lord would say on Sunday morning. At certain junctures in our life, we do not get a pass. Are there times we get a pass? Are there times that it's kind of vanilla in our life and we can kind of quote unquote coast through life? Sure, life is full of times like that. But then there are other times that we do not get a pass. We must decide. And inaction is a decision. How I decide determines much about the course of my life. What I decide determines much about the course of my life. Success is less about one time and more about one time on top of another time. That's what success is. Think about this with me. Prayer warriors don't start off warring in prayer. Prayer warriors first learn to pray. And then the warring comes as the praying grows. It's one decision point on top of another decision point. Now for the old timers, believers in the house, you may remember sweet Shirley Caesar singing a song way back in the late 60s, 1968. She sang, I got a long way to go. To be like the Lord. How many have ever heard that song before? I got a long way to go to be like the Lord. How many of you will join me in saying that's your song right now? That's my song right now. I haven't attained yet. I got a long way to go to be like the Lord. But to be like the Lord, I must decide. Everybody say, I must decide. How will I respond to good times? How will I respond to tough times? How will I respond to victory and defeat? To challenge and ridicule? 
How will I respond to compliments, to blessing, and to acceptance? Joseph's journey taught that he had to decide, first of all, what do I do when I am rejected? What do I do when I am rejected? I never heard the man's name before. His name is Daniel Siddiqui. Daniel grew up in Southern California. He is not a native Arkansan. He is a Californian by birth. And growing up in Southern California, he decided as a high school graduate that he wanted to go to college. And so he spent, after all was told, $150,000 on his college education. When he got done with his college education, he started applying for jobs. And he failed 40 interviews in a row in his chosen field of economics. 40 job interviews and 40 failures. 40 job interviews and 40 rejections. He was named by USA Today as the most rejected person in the world. Now I'm just going to tell you. If I'm going to be on any list that has the word most at the beginning, I don't want it to end with rejected person in the world. But he was the most rejected person in the world. And so Daniel Siddiqui decided, I can't get a job 40 interviews in a row. So what I'm going to try to do is apply for jobs that I can work just for a short period of time. And I'm going to turn this to where I get to see America and I get to see the culture of nearly every state in our union. And so he began a quest called Living the Map. Living the Map. He started applying for jobs, ready for this, in every state. And he would work a job for a period of time, some for about a week, some for a few days more than that, in every state in our country. Daniel Siddiqui had 50 jobs in 50 states. He made cheese in Wisconsin. He was a butcher in Colorado. It was in 2011 that he began this tour of jobs across. He sang in the Mormon Tabernacle Choir in Utah. He was a TV weatherman in New Jersey. 50 jobs in 50 states. And so I know, because I know human nature, we're in Arkansas and some of you right now are wondering, okay, if he had a job in Arkansas, what was his job? I am so glad that you asked that. He was an archaeology researcher at the University of Arkansas in Fayetteville. 
He said it was an interesting job, but he probably wouldn't want to do it for the rest of his life. Fifty jobs in fifty states. It was the result of one rejection after another. Rejection is so very powerful. 1 Samuel chapter 8 and verse number 7, God's word comes to Samuel the prophet after the people are demanding that they be ruled by a king who will judge us like all the other nations. And the Bible says that the Lord spoke to Samuel and he said, heed the voice of the people in all that they say to you. For they have not rejected you, but they have rejected me, that I should not reign over them. Rejection is a powerful thing. When people rejected God's order, when people rejected God's leadership, God gave them what they wanted. After Saul disobeyed God's command to utterly destroy the Amalekites, and the Bible says that the Lord said, don't even spare one of them. But in response to that, Saul disobeyed, and he spared Agag, the king. He spared the best of the sheep, the best of the oxen, the best of the lambs, and all that was good. And the scripture tells us in 1 Samuel chapter 15 and verse 22 that Samuel said to Saul, Has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice and to heed than the fat of rams. For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. And stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. Because you have rejected the word of the Lord, he also has rejected you from being king. Rejection is a powerful thing. Sadly, this theme of Israel rejecting God was often addressed in Scripture. Isaiah talked about it in the 30th chapter of his prophetic writing. Woe to the rebellious children, says the Lord, who take counsel but not of me, who devise plans but not of the Spirit, that they may add sin to sin, who walk to go down to Egypt and have not asked my advice to strengthen themselves in the strength of Pharaoh and to trust in the shadow of Egypt. Therefore... The strength of Pharaoh shall be your shame. And trust in the shadow of Egypt shall be your humiliation. The psalmist declared it clearly in Psalm 81. I am the Lord your God who brought you up out of the land of Egypt. Open your mouth wide and I will fill it. But my people would not heed my voice. And Israel would have none of me. So I gave them over. Everybody say I gave them over. I gave them over to their own stubborn heart to walk in their own counsels. Oh, that people would listen to me. That Israel would walk 
in my ways. Oh, I feel that cry from the Lord coming up in this house today where the Lord would say, I've given a path. I've given my word. I've given direction. Oh, that my people would walk in my way. Oh, I want you to hear this preacher right now. There is something so important about internalizing this word. Every, every dot on an I and every cross of a T, every word on paper in Holy Scripture and say, Lord, I don't want to just know about your word. I want to eat your word. I want to ingest your word. I want it to be in my... I do not want to reject your word. Because rejection is a powerful thing to the extent that God eventually will just say okay let me stop at this point and make sure we all understand this again if I reject God that's a big deal see rejecting God is not rejecting a local church Rejecting God is not just a choice that I make that doesn't affect anybody. Rejecting God is a big deal. It's not just a choice. It's a refusal of God's plan. Now, can I tell you something? There is a very simple explanation for the confused state that our world is in right now. Now, pundits can parse it any way they want under free choice or modernization of thought or personal liberty. But the, the, the truth of the matter is our world is in a horrifically confused state right now. I don't think I have to convince anybody of that. But it's very simple how it happened. In Genesis chapter 2 and verse number 16, the Lord God commanded the man saying, of every tree of the garden you may freely eat. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. By the way, that's on page two of my Bible. And then Paul picked up the banner in Romans chapter five and said, Through one man, sin entered the world and death through sin. And thus death spread to all men because all sin. The reason why there is rampant confusion in our world right now is not because of personal choice and what is good for you is not good for him and what's good for her is not good for her. No, that has nothing to do with that. It's the fact that somebody a long time ago rejected what God said. And it is bearing fruit to this day. See, rejection is a powerful thing. In the New Testament, the Pharisees and the lawyers, the Bible says in Luke 7, rejected the counsel of God, being not baptized of John, and the Lord rebuked them. Because in not being baptized by John, they were rejecting the need for repentance. And they were rejecting the need for personal salvation. Rejection, hope I don't have to say this more than five or six more times, is a big deal. But if we have rejected God, 
just perchance, because I don't know everybody's personal state in this room right now, if we are here today and we have rejected God, accept him today. Welcome him today. Say yes to him today. Agree with him today. Embrace him today. Yes, rejection is a big deal, but I got to make sure I give you the other side of the coin. But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. His mercy can endure today. Oh, I like what Peter said in 2 Peter. His, he is not slack concerning his promise, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. There is a mercy-filled road back from rejection. There is a heavenly Father standing with arms wide open today saying, you may have rejected me in the past, but I welcome you home today. I welcome you back into the church today. I welcome you back into the fold today. Come on, there's time to agree. There's time to welcome. It's time to come back to him. Amen. Now's not the time to shun the word of God. Now's not the time to push off the word of God. If God's been talking to you about getting right with him, now is the time to push off rejection and open up to the Lord. If God's been talking to you about baptism, don't reject it any longer. Open up to it. Give yourself to his word. He wants us close to him. He desires us close to him, and there is a mercy-filled road back from rejection. i got to make sure you, we understand this today. So there is this subject of rejection, people toward God, and God choosing because of their rejection to reject them. That's clear in Scripture. But what do we do when we are rejected? Could we find any solace in Scripture? Could we find any direction in Scripture? Genesis chapter 37 and verse number 2. Joseph, this son of Jacob, is feeding the flock with his brothers, the Scripture says. And at the end of verse 2, it's almost like it's tucked in quickly to move on to something else. But here's what it says in verse 2 of Genesis 37 as Joseph is with his brothers while they're feeding the flock. He brought unto their father a bad report about them. Now, I have a brother. I can sympathize with this verse. It was one thing for Todd and I to get crossways with one another. But everything changed when after that Todd would go to Jim or Ruth Ann. It's a whole different game then. Different story. I didn't like him being a tattle. Do I have any siblings that would just give witness to me right now? Yeah. 
by the way, tattling is right here in the Bible. Do you know that? Right there, verse 2. Now, it doesn't say tattle, but that's exactly what Joseph did. I don't, I don't know what they were doing. The Bible doesn't say whether they were cussing or treating the flock bad or beating up on each other. All I know is what the Scripture says, that whatever was going on out in the field, Joseph took it upon himself to take it to daddy. And if you do read, he had a lot of brothers. He had a lot of people to tattle on. He brought a bad report. Everybody say strike one. He did not let what happened in the field stay in the field. <laughs> and then we get to verse 3. And the Bible says, and it's almost, almost like a whiplash in the scripture because the Bible says, then their father, Jacob, loved Joseph <laughs> more than all his children. And here's the reason why. Here's what the Bible says. Because he was his son of old age. Now, just go with me here for a second, okay? This is the way my brain works. The eldest son, he couldn't do anything about the fact that he was the firstborn son. But, you know, you can't, like, you can't, like, make up and say, oh, I had something to do with being born into the family. You, you had nothing to do with being born into the family you were born in. And the eldest son, had, he had nothing to do with the fact he was the first son. And so if I'm him, if I'm the oldest son, and I catch wind that my daddy likes the 11th boy more than me because daddy proved with the 11th boy that he still got it. Now listen, listen, some of y'all are, are smiling. That's what the Bible says. The Bible says he loved him, Joseph, because he was the son of my old age. Everybody say strike two. Oh, there's going to be some conversations at the restaurant today. And then to make matters worse, in that same verse, the scripture says that Jacob loved this boy so much and was his favorite that to show that, he gave him a garment that was multiple colors so that every time Joseph wore the garment, he was reminded of how much more his daddy loved him than all of his brothers. Everybody say strike three. And the Bible says that this infuriated his brothers. The Bible literally says they hated him and could not speak peaceably to him. Now, let's take a time out.
If I am a pastor in this moment, if God was to transport me from Cabot to the field or the house where Joseph has now had three strikes against him with his brothers and gives me a voice to speak into that moment, what I would say to Joseph is, just back off, bro. Tap the brakes. They're not into you right now. But I don't know if you notice this. Nowhere in Genesis, that chapter, do you find me? Or a preacher or anybody else. So Joseph is left to his own devices. So what does he do after three strikes against his brothers? Genesis chapter 37 and verse 6. He said to them, his brothers, listen to this dream I had. We were binding sheaves of grain out in the field when suddenly my sheaf rose and stood upright while your sheaves gathered around mine and bowed down to it. Now, the guy can't get out of his own way. His brothers said to him, do you intend to reign over us? Will you actually rule us? Now, it's not in the Bible, but the little bubble over the head of the brothers right now is, you've got to be kidding me. And they hated him all the more because of his dream and what he had said. Joseph, get a clue. I know you had a dream. I know you thought it was real. But do you realize these brothers in your house can't stand you? But let me just say, I know you probably never met anybody like this. Some people just don't learn quick. Genesis 37 and 9. Then he had another dream. And he told it to his brothers. Listen, he said, I had another dream. And this time the sun and the moon and the 11 stars were bowing down to me. When he told his father as well as his brothers, his father, now his father's getting in on the rebuke, rebuked him and said, what is this dream you had? Will your mother and I and your brothers actually come and bow down to the ground before you? His brothers were jealous of him, but his father kept the matter in mind. Total rejection from his brothers. Now his dad is on their side. Really, Joseph? You think mom and I are going to bow down to you? Do you realize what you're saying? you realize how egregious these words are? And twice now you've come with this wild dream? Do you not realize that people are rejecting you? People are pushing you away. People do not want you around. So what did Joseph do when he was rejected? Look at Genesis chapter 37 and verse number 12. 
Then his brothers went to feed their father's flock in Shechem. And Israel, another name for Jacob, his dad, said to Joseph, Are not your brothers feeding the flock in Shechem? Watch this next couple of phrases. Come, I will send you to them. And I underline this last part of this 13th verse. So he said to him, here I am. What do you do when people reject you? What do we do? Do we respond in the flesh? Our feelings get hurt. We get off in a corner. We blast away on social media at them. We tell people that are in our corner, they never love me anyways. What do we do when people, for good reason or bad reason, or no reason, decide to reject us? What do we do when that's a painful thing? We can't figure it out. We, we, we stay up at night and it, it worries us and we think, have we done something wrong? We've done an inventory of our heart and our spirit. And we've tried to examine whether we've done something wrong and how can I fix this? Could I come at it from this angle or could I meet them there? Or could I manufacture something that may produce a, a very tiny positive result and maybe that will get me on the path to betterment in this world? What do you do when you're rejected? Well, here's what the Bible says that Joseph did. Joseph listened for the voice of his father and he trusted that whatever his father said to do, he would make himself available to that command. He listened for Israel's voice. He had kind of messed it up up to that point. But he said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to listen to my father. And when my father says it's time to move, I'll trust the voice of my father. I'll listen to the voice of my father. And if the father thinks it's good for me to go and entertain my brother's presence, I'll go because my father thinks it's good. I'm not going to go in my timing because my timing has messed it up. I'm not going to go when I think I should go because that hasn't worked up to this point. But I'm going to listen and trust the voice of my father. And when my father says, your brothers are tending the flock over in Shechem, I'm going to send you to them. I'm going to rise up in my spirit and I'm going to trust that my father knows what's best for me. And I'm going to give my, my trust completely over to my father. And if my father says go to Shechem, I'm going to Shechem. I don't know what it will bring. I don't know what path it will produce. But I'm going to trust my father. Oh, let me come into this holy house today and say when you and I are rejected by people and pushed away by people, we don't need to manufacture a solution. We don't need to come up with our own solution. Our ear needs to be bent toward the voice of our Heavenly Father. God, what are you saying about the situation? What action are you calling for? I must hear the voice 
of my father. I got to listen for the father's voice. Because if I go at the bidding of my heavenly father, I go in his plan, not mine. So whatever happens in obedience to his plan is his business. It's not mine. Oh, I'm preaching to some people in this room. There are some impossible situations. You hear me? I'm saying that word intention. There are some impossible situations. Without divine intervention, it will not get better. But can I tell you, if that is you today, please tune your ear to the frequency of heaven right now. Get down on your knees and say, God, I obviously have not figured this out yet, but I got to hear what the Father's saying. I got to hear what you're saying, Lord. When you say go, I'll go. When you say do, I'll do. When you say speak, I'll speak. I've got to listen to the voice of my father. And Joseph simply had one reply when his father spoke. Here I am. Here I am. Now listen, I'm not going to get ahead of myself because i got five more sermons to preach from this passage. So i got a whole lot left in the tank this morning. And I'm not going to just dump it all out right now. But we have to understand something. When he listened to the voice of his father. And he took off to go toward his brothers in Shechem. It would be years. Before he would see that father again. Hear me? It would be years. Before he would see that father's face again. So we have to trust that if God gives us direction and we walk in, in God's direction, whatever happens is his bidding and not mine. Because the truth of the matter is, once Joseph left the house to go see his brothers in Shechem, he had to learn a few more lessons. The good Joseph who was belligerent about his dreams, had some other valleys to walk through. And he had some other things that his heavenly father was going to require of him to knock off some rough edges. But all we see about rejection in the life of Joseph is that his greatest pursuit after being rejected was to listen for the voice of his father. And when his father said go, he went. His father said go. It catapulted him eventually into the plan of God for his life. I want you to stand with me if you would, please. Praise God. Praise God. I feel a holy presence of the Lord in this room right now. You don't have to do it boisterously, but I wish there would be a prayer that just comes up from this house right now. People who are hungry for God's direction in your life, I wish you would just give voice to that right now and say, Lord, I'm, 
I want to follow your leading in my life. Come on, I want there to be just a, a, a murmur of prayer that would come up from new life right now. Hallelujah. We trust you, Lord. We trust the, the voice of the Father. We trust the voice of the Father. We trust the voice of the Father. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. When we're rejected, when people push us away, when they don't understand, when they make up their own mind, when they respond in anger and infuriation, when they say they don't want us around, when it's a total rejection, God, teach us your way right then. Teach us, Lord, to listen for the voice of, of the Father. Teach us, Lord, to be responsive to your, your way, God. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, I pray. Hallelujah. Oh, let me just tell you what I feel in the spirit right now. And I, I'm putting myself right in the middle of all of this. Listen, folks, there are some people, and again, I'm putting myself in the middle of it. There are people in this room right now. Some of the rejection that we faced in our life has been unwarranted. It's people that misunderstood or decided to live according to the world and not the kingdom. I, I get that. But there's also some rejection that has come because of my lack of wisdom and my belligerence and my stubbornness. In Joseph's life, we have both of those things. But there's still a remedy for rejection. And let me just ask you a question. I, I'm, I'm preaching right now to some mamas and some daddies who have some questions that don't have answers and prayers that have been prayed in your estimation for far too long without an answer. Listen, if human ingenuity could have done it, wouldn't it have been done a long time ago? If I could manufacture it, Tyler, it would have been done a long time ago. But there is some direction that can only come from the voice of our Father. listen. I got to listen for his voice. I got to listen for his command. I got to listen for his directive in my life. So let me ask you a question. This is not to answer out loud, but let me just answer, ask this question. What has God been saying to you about the rejection that you faced? Can I ask it a different way? Has God said something to you about rejection? Let me say it another way. Our Father wants to say something to us about the rejection. And all he's asking is when he speaks that, that to a man or a woman or a young person, we would say, here I am. If you say it, Heavenly Father, I'll do it. If you say go, I'll go. But I got to hear you talking. I got to hear you speaking because if you say it, I know it's going to be okay. Amen. I want us to come together all around, from all around this sanctuary. Can we just join? Can I ask everybody to make their way up to the front? Can we come as a church family and pray together? What do you do? I must decide today. What do I do? I've been rejected. 
praise God. Let's talk to the Lord right now as you're coming. I wish you would come with a prayerful attitude right now. Let's talk to the Lord Jesus right now. His sweet spirit is moving throughout this room. God, we don't have it in our own ability. We need the voice of our Father today. I need the voice of you, Lord. I need the voice of you, Lord. I need the voice of you, Lord. God, speak, I pray, in this house, Lord. Speak this week, Lord. Speak, Lord Jesus. Lord, rejection is never easy. It's not something that we relish in, Lord. It's not comfortable. It's not a convenient place, Lord. It's something that can haunt us. It's something that can stay with us and seemingly have a grip upon us, God. But, Lord, that's when I need your voice. I need to know what you're saying. I need your directive, Lord. I need to hear the voice of my Father. Let my ears be attuned to heaven, I pray today, Lord. Ears to hear what the Spirit is saying to me as a member of your church. I pray it in Jesus' name. Come on, Mom. Come on, Dad. Let's not try to import our own ideas. Those will fail. Those will ultimately fail. But the voice of our Father will never fail. It's a path that we can trust today. It's a, it's a growing path. It's a, it's a growing place in our lives. In Jesus' name, what are you saying, Lord? What are you speaking, Lord? Here I am, Lord. For whatever you have for my life, here I am, Lord. Here I am, Jesus. Here I am, Jesus. What do we do, Lord? What do we do when we're rejected? We have to decide today. We have to decide today, Lord. I wish just as a, a, a signal of connection, you would just reach over to people near you. And I want each other to feel the strength of the body of Christ right now. Would you just reach over and connect with somebody? Maybe there's a woman who, who has an impression of the Lord to pray for another lady in this church right now. You don't have to even say anything other than just I'm praying with you and I'm pleading the blood over your heart and your mind. Come on, I want to speak faith over this house right now. There can come restoration. There can come restoration for what seems to be a dead relationship. There can come restoration for what seems to be a paralyzed relationship. There can come restoration. Woo. Come on, Joseph, you got to hear what your father's saying. You tried it and it didn't work out the way you did it, but listen to what the father's saying. He's going to send you at the right time. He's going to have you open your mouth at the right time. Oh, God, I pray in the name of the Lord, the blessing of God, to hear the voice of the Lord over every man and woman in this room right now. Give us ears to hear your voice, Lord. Give us ears to hear what the Spirit's saying. 